time to meet the next generation of Columbus Blue Jackets. This is the Pipeline Podcast, presented by Ruoff Mortgage. Let's see who's coming down the pipeline today with your host, Dylan Tyre. What's going on? It's great to be back for another edition of the Pipeline Podcast. And this week, it's a special show. We're going to be previewing the World Junior Championship upcoming December 26th to January 5th in Halifax and Moncton up in Canada. And Canada is the defending champion of this World Junior Tournament. If you recall, it was a Blue Jackets prospect at the time that scored the game-winning goal in the gold medal game. Kent Johnson. The Blue Jackets this year are going to have three prospects involved in the tournament. They all play for the same team, Team Czechia. It's Stanislav Svozl, Martin Rysavi, and David Juracek. This is a team that finished fourth in the World Junior Championship last year, so they're trying to earn their first medal since 2005. It's a special tournament for Czechia, and their roster is pretty strong. We're going to get to that a little bit later on, as this week, our guest is Chris Peters. He's an NHL draft and prospects analyst and senior content creator for Flow Hockey, and Chris is a guy that I really admire and really respect when it comes to his knowledge about the World Junior Championship and the prospects involved in the tournament. He's a guy that Jeff Svoboda and I got to know last year ahead of the NHL entry draft. We had him on one of our Twitter Spaces chats, the Safe Light Skate Space, uh, to preview some of the prospects in the 2022 NHL entry draft. Now a lot of those players are playing in this tournament, and on top of that, there are some underage players in this tournament that'll be draft eligible in 2023 the Connor Bedards Adam Fantilli's Leo Carlson's so we're going to hear all about those players from Chris and learn a little bit more about some of the elite players in this tournament on other teams we're also going to get into some of the guys that were left out of the tournament Blue Jackets prospects that were eligible to play for Team Canada and Team USA Chris will tell us what happened there and most importantly he's going to talk about the Blue Jackets prospects in this tournament against Stanislav Svozl, Martin Rysavi and David Juracek and if you don't know anything about the World Junior Championship and you're interested in learning more, you want a little preview ahead of the tournament, you want to watch some of these players, you want to know players to watch in this tournament, then this is the chat for you. Chris is a guy that's extremely knowledgeable about the tournament and these players, and it was great talking to him. This is an all-encompassing conversation, and you should feel ready for this tournament when it starts on December 26th when this conversation is over with. So let's not waste any more time. Here he is, an NHL draft and prospects analyst and senior content creator for Flow Hockey, Chris Peters. Let's get started talking about Team Canada and what went on there, because there was moderate surprise, right, when uh, the selection camps were announced that Corson Kuhlemans and Denton Matejchuk, two Blue Jackets draft picks, were not on the roster there for the selection camp for Team Canada. He hearing anything as uh, as of why that was the decision for Hockey Canada? Nothing really specifically. I mean, you know, certainly I was uh, I was more surprised that Matejchuk wasn't there um, than Kulovans. I had heard kind of you know that that he was on the bubble from the from the get go. Um, he's been up and down. I actually saw him. Uh, I was out at at the University of Wisconsin for their series against Michigan, and I saw him play against um, Michigan. And you know, I thought that, that was actually one of his better games of the season um, from the the few times I've watched Wisconsin and. So yeah, so I, I, you know, I think that it was just kind of uh, unfortunate with with how how it shook out for him. Um, as far as Matejchuk, I think he kind of got caught into a situation where Canada had a very clear mandate, it seems, uh, for how they wanted to build their team. And that was to be 
big. Um, they have one defenseman that is beneath six foot two on their entire roster, and that's Olin Zellweger, who was on the team last year. And so if that's the the main competition for, for Matejchuk, then it's a little bit harder to make that that roster. So I think that they really wanted to go with size. It, uh, it, and, and I think I would say to, to any fan that's disappointed, I mean, it doesn't say anything about the status of a prospect. The team Canada is a really difficult team to make. Um, you know, I think Matejchuk, he was my number two ranked defenseman last year uh, behind, yeah, or number three ranked defenseman rather, behind Juracek. Um, and, you know, so you know, I had Juracek one. And so, it, it was. Uh, I, I think that it's. It, it'll be fine, you know, for him. It, it doesn't. It doesn't change the projection or anything like that. But yeah, it definitely. I was. I was surprised that he wasn't at least in camp. Um, but very clearly, they wanted to get some big guys, and and that's. I, I think size was the name of the game on the back end for them. As far as it goes with Corson Kuhlemans, when he was drafted by the Blue Jackets, not this past summer, but the uh, 2021 NHL entry draft, that virtual draft, if you remember. He was a polarizing prospect at that point. Some people thought he could go higher. Some people thought he could go lower. He's an interesting guy, right? He's a great athlete, but his play has been up and down. In your viewing of course in Kuhlman's, what were your thoughts on the prospect? Because when I've seen him, I've liked his game. Yeah, I, I've always liked his game. You know, I, I liked it going back to that that season. Um, you know, I, I thought he was he, I thought the, the range that he went was was a really solid range. You know, I mean, like it was I thought it was good value there. You know he's a big guy. He he had he had to adjust to the college game over the last couple of seasons. I mean, but he had a really strong production year last year. Um, you know, and he's he's kind of on a similar track right now. You know, I think that he's he's putting up good numbers. The thing about him is, you know, it's all about you know can he get stronger? Can he get a little bit more um, defensively responsible and things like that? And and I think that that's that's happening. It's it's taking a little bit of time. Wisconsin has typically been a really strong developer of, of NHL defense. When you think about guys like Keandre Miller, um, you know, and, and going even further back to Ryan McDonough and different players like that, you know, they've always had a, a real strong track record of developing defensemen. And so, you know, I think for him, uh, he was always going to be a guy that you were going to have to be patient with because there's more development timeline with him. Um, he, you know, coming from to like coming from Brooks, where you know is great, great junior hockey program, but going from the AJHL to the NCAA is a pretty big leap. Um, and you know, we saw even Kale McCarr struggled with that leap his freshman season. Um, and I thought Corson did a really good job last year, and he's 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 getting even better this year. But um, as for him, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what the next step is for him. Does he stay for college for another year? Does he come out and maybe you know start in the AHL? I think it's going to be a little while before he's NHL ready, but but I think that in terms of where he at, where he's at from where he, from his draft season, I think he's in a better position today. Um, and you know, I still feel very strongly that you know he was he was a first round caliber talent then. I think he still is, um, and he'll just have to continue to develop. In your viewings, of course, in Kuhlman's, do you see a pro comparable for him? I've asked Rick Nash about it, and Rick Nash has said he kind of reminds him of Seth Jones in a way. But do you have any thoughts on course in Kuhlman's in terms of a pro? Yeah, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty fair fair comparison. I think at least in terms of how he how he moves the puck. I think you know Seth was um, a better defender uh, at the time, you know. But I think that the that if 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 Corson can kind of round out some of those elements and get a little bit stronger, you know, he'll get there too. Um, it's just you know very confident puck mover, smooth in the back end, uh, good skater, you know, really good mobility. So yeah, I mean, I think that that's a fair that's a fair like high level comp for him. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he's just got, 
he's he just needs more time to to, to kind of figure figure out exactly you know what kind of defenseman is he going to be is he going to be an offensive guy or is he going to be that true two-way defense which i think is what he should be um you know he he, he needs to still continue to, to round out a little bit more but i i think that he's well on his way as far as it goes with Denton Matejchuk, very young for his draft year. You know, he's 18 years old right now, and he's had a pretty steady season in Moose Jaw. But you had him, like you said, ranked as your third defenseman in this past summer's NHL entry draft. Why was that? What do you like about Matejchuk's game? I think he's just an incredibly smart puck mover. You know, I think he he thinks the game at a high level. He sees the game at a very high level. Um, you know, his ability to distribute, his ability to get pucks up the ice quickly, um, you know, he was a guy that I was kind of, I wavered on throughout the season, but the more you watch him, I think the more you really like what he does. Um, and you know, I mean, he's, he's ahead of his scoring pace from last season. He's, he's on a good team. You know, he's obviously playing a leadership role in his jaw as well. And so, you know, he's, he's maturing. And I always thought, you know, he, he thought the game at a mature level, but now it's just, he's taking charge. Um, he's becoming that dominant offensive minded defenseman I think he plays the game in, in in the modern way and where he's moving pucks up the ice quickly um so yeah I think that he's he's right where he needs to be as well um you know I think not not making team Canada is obviously going to be ex- incredibly disappointing but he's got another crack at it you know so he's going to have another opportunity um that was the other thing about Canada they definitely went old there were only four players I think that went that were um were uh not 19 year olds, you know, it was Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, um, you know, and, and a couple others. And I was just like, you know, yeah. So clearly they wanted to have 19 year olds. They wanted to have size. I think next year you'll see Matejchuk play a pretty significant role for Canada um, in that tournament. You know, he's a little bit smaller of a guy, but when you see him in person, he's very thick. He's well built. Yes. You know, his, his body's pretty mature. He's just a, a little bit short at five foot ten, five foot eleven, but he's a thick guy and in the the base is very good for him. I'll ask you the same question about Matejchuk that I did with Corson Kuhlemans. Does his game remind you of anybody in pro hockey? Um, you know, I I feel like there's um a little bit of like a Tory Krug element to him. Um, and 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 he's taller than Krug. I don't want to just like make it like a, a you know smaller <laughs> defenseman uh, kind of comp, but you know, I just think that that the way that he thinks the game and offensively, and the way that he you know when when Tory Krug was at his his peak in the NHL, he just did everything so well. Where he was moving pucks, he was you know he he's competitive. Like I think Matejchuk actually defends pretty well too. Like I think that that's that was always the thing that like crew was like, Oh, he's all, well, no, he's actually a little bit of a bulldog on the ice. Um, and so, as you mentioned, the strength, um, that's, that's another thing that, that I think is, 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 is comparable as well. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, Denton with his ability to move pucks and, and his ability to, to get up the ice. I mean, I just think, you know, th- the size doesn't really, it's never really bothered me with him. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's ever held him back and I don't think it's really going to be a factor, which is the same thing with, you know, a lot of those guys. And I think the NHL is getting more comfortable with the 5'10", 5'11", defense. We're seeing more of them drafted earlier and earlier. Um, you know, you, you watch guys like Quinn Hughes. You know, Kale McCarr was not – I think he was 5'11", in his draft season. He's gotten a little bit taller since then. But, you know, like, it's it, – there. there's not that real fear when you – if you can move pucks, if you can play fast, if you can make good decisions, you're going to have a chance. I think that's what Sentiment Chuck does. 
All right, let me ask you about a guy who actually did get the invite to the camp for Canada, and that's Jordan Dumais. And this is another guy who is a polarizing prospect. And you talked about Canada maybe wanting to go a little bit older with their team. Maybe Jordan Dumais getting cut is a product of that. But he's the leading scorer in the queue right now. The Blue Jackets, they wanted this guy at the draft. They ended up selecting him towards the end of the third round. And all he's gone on to do is have uh, a great season so far. And he's chasing history right now in the queue. And maybe the fact that he's not going to the World Juniors is going to give him a better chance of doing that right now and and potentially leading the CHL and scoring this year with Connor Bedard at the World Junior. But what are your thoughts on Jordan Dume as a prospect? Because I've heard so many different things about this guy. And watching him on tape is... I'm not sure I've seen a player do it quite like Jordan Dumais. Yeah, you know, that that's that's a fair point. I mean, I think that, you know, the the first thing that stands out that everybody's gonna mention is the size, obviously. You know, it's it's, it's gonna be when you're when you're basically five nine or shorter, it's gonna be, you know, a, a big part of the, the the conversation about you. And I think, you know, just in terms of Canada, so he does make it in the camp, which I think was a great thing. Um, you know, to to be there to have a chance to 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 produce and and to or, and to show what you you can do um obviously we saw age was a was a check against him size was a check against him based on the way that Canada built their roster the other thing that's important to remember too is that well players like him he's not really competing for one of the 13 forward spots he's probably competing for about two of them um where it's like are you are you going to be on our top line or line or are you not going to be on our team that's kind of the way that it, it can go at those times and so I think he had to beat out even better players you know with 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 that that are um you know we're talking like dylan gunther is on the team he's gonna be he's in he played in the nhl this year like we're not we're not talking about you know or, or it's connor bedard and adam fantilli are also top six wingers on this team that are natural centers um you know so i think that that was you know it was getting it was going to be tough to make the roster no matter what it's not a knock on him that he didn't make the team. And as you mentioned, I've, I've seen the world junior revenge tour for guys that didn't make it, that just absolutely exploded in the second half. And if he explodes in the second half, we're, we're going to be talking about, as you mentioned, historic kind of level production. Um, the thing that I think is important to with him is like scoring is way up in the queue this year, like way up. Um, and so there, you know, he wasn't the only high scoring player not to make it. Uh, Zachary Bolduc did not make it either. He's a first round draft pick. Um, you know, so, so I think that that's, you know, definitely the numbers are special because he's not just he's leading the league by a wide margin. So it's not like he's just feasting on the fact that it's a higher scoring situation there. It's I don't want to I don't want to diminish what he's doing because it's special. Um, but I do think that, you know, you have to be careful when you when you look at the at the side at, at the size factor. What I will say is I think that he's he's progressing at a rate that's faster than I think. You know, certainly that I expected, and I think that a lot of scouts expected in terms of how dominant he could become. Um, and you know, just in terms of like style and different things, like I think you know, we'll see his skating is fine, like his his tenacity, the competitiveness is fine. It's just you know, it, these guys that are are his size do have to prove to have special tools on top of the production. Um, and I think he's got good tools. Like I think there's, there's, he's, he's giving himself a tremendous chance and guys that score at his rate, you know, it's, it's hard to keep them out and you want to give them every opportunity. I think the jackets have been very, at the very least validated for picking him when they did, when I know that there were teams that were not going to pick him and there were teams that were not going to pick him, you know, beyond the fifth round, but then 
if you want to, sometimes you got to take swings and take risks. And I think it's always good to bet on skill. And he's got a whole bunch of it. All right, let's talk about some of the guys that will be representing the Blue Jackets at the World Junior Tournament. David Juracek, Stanislav Svozel, Martin Rysavi with Team Czechia. These guys have all been there before. What do you know about some of these prospects? Let's start with a guy like Stanislav Svozel. Uh, he's back in Regina this year, a teammate of Connor Bedard, and he's had a great season. A lot of assists this year for Stanislav Svozel, and like I said, he's got plenty of World Junior experience under his belt. Yeah, he's you know he's been such a key player for for the Czechs in the and in international play for a few years, you know, I've certainly seen him at, at various events and, um, you know, was at the, the, the world under 18s when, you know, he and, and, and your played a pretty significant role, um, for a Czech team that I thought was, you know, one of the better teams in that, in that tournament overall. I mean, I think this year, if you're on the Regina Pats, you're going to be putting up points. You're playing with Connor Bedard and, you know, Tanner Howe is, is, is a young guy that's draft eligible next year that's putting up a ton of points. So, you know, just get the puck to those guys. But I think the thing that, that, that we've seen in Stanislav's game is a maturity that is starting to, to happen with him. I thought that he was a really immature defenseman in terms of the decisions that he would make and the plays that he would make. Like, I liked him. I had him kind of on the cusp of the first round in his draft season. Um, and, and I was like, you know, there are definitely some tools here. But what I think we're seeing is a player that's more refined in his puck decisions, a little bit better with his uh with being decisive not not waiting too long just going by feel as opposed to overthinking the game sometimes um and, and so to have the international experience that he does at the age that he does um i think he's gonna play a pretty significant role in this tournament i think that he's gonna be a guy that that is gonna play significant minutes and i think the checks is in general and we'll get to the other guys as well but i think the checks in general have a chance to be that kind of dark horse team that breaks up the party that makes sure it's not just USA, Canada, Finland, and uh, and Sweden in the in the final four of this tournament. I think they they have a chance. You know, with with, with the absence of Russia, um, you know, that opens the door a crack a little bit further for teams like Czechia, for Slovakia, um, and, and I think having the depth that they do and the blue line that they do, I really think that the the blue line is a strength for Czechia, and and Svozil is a huge part of that. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought about that, because, you know, they're chasing their first medal since, what, 2005? And this is a roster that does have a ton of experience and a lot of draft picks on this roster this year as well. And one of those guys, Martin Rysavi, I'm not sure how much you know about Rysavi, but he's a teammate of Denton Matejchuk and Moose Jaw. He's been on this team before. He's got a lot of size. He's kind of a bottom six grinder type, right? But certainly a guy that can use that size to his advantage. We saw it. Uh, at the Blue Jackets Prospect Tournament in Traverse City. He's huge. I had never met him in person before, but he is huge. And I'm excited to see what he does with some more experience under his belt. Yeah, you know, I, I remember going back to his draft year and and just seeing his, you know, him as this raw talent. You know, like he, and this was back in uh, 2021, the spring of 21. Um, and he was a big time player for the for the Czechs. He, they needed him to be like uh, he played so much, and he may actually be a top six guy for this team. The way that he's playing, um, and, and yeah, you know, in I think he settled into kind of that that lower lineup scoring depth kind of thing, and that's probably what he'll ultimately be. But I think with this team, you know, the the depth, the forward depth isn't quite there as much where he might play a more outsized role than people are used to seeing. But as you mentioned. He's got the size factor. I like his skating ability. I think that he makes, I think he makes, you know, a lot of uh, smart plays. He, you know, he was a seventh rounder. I had him a lot higher in the draft that year 
um, as a guy that I thought, you know, I had, I had a lot of time for, um, spent a lot of time on video with him in the buildup to that under 18 worlds. And then also watched him in that tournament. And so, you know, I think that they, he's going to have to step up, you know, he's, he's going to be one of those guys that are going to be like, Hey, we, you're one of the older guys. We, you, you've got the experience. You've been in this tournament before we need you to play, you know, a bigger role. Um, and I think that's really going to be good for his development, good for his experience. You know, I think he still has a lot of work to do before he can, you know, make, be a confident, you know, this guy's going to be an NHL player. Uh, but I think that he's played uh, well enough in, uh, in North America. Um, it's obviously his numbers are not amazing. They're not going to blow you away. I, I think that I was probably expecting to see him um, shoot up a little bit more in his production as he got older and had more experience. That hasn't necessarily happened. Uh, but I think the opportunity that's in front of him with Czechia is going to allow him to play a pretty good role on a team and potentially, you know, be a part of what we're talking about is that that dark horse team. All right. Talk to me about David Juracek then, because like you said, this was your number one defenseman uh, in the draft this past summer. I talked with Cleveland Monsters head coach Trent Vogelhuber yesterday about David Juracek and you know, glowing endorsement, right? This guy is playing at nearly a point per game pace as a a freshly turned 19 year old in the American Hockey League right now. And, you know, you look at all the different metrics and this guy is is blowing everybody's expectations out of the water. I think we saw him play uh, limited NHL action this season. The Blue Jackets got a little quick look at him and now he's back in the American Hockey League. And I think it's fair to say that it took him a few games to get adjusted to the pro style in North America. But now he's taken it and run with it. So why do you like David Juracek so much? Oh, man. I mean, what's not to love about him? I think, you know, the the size for sure. He's got the size. He's got the mobility. He's got, you know, the offensive instincts. I think that the fact that he's producing this much already at the AHL level is it, – it, it, it exceeds my expectations for sure because there is such an adjustment. It is It is a very difficult adjustment going from where he was to where he is right now. The Czech League is a good pro league. It's a tough league to play in. The fact that he's been a pro, you know, basically he's he's seen pro action since he was a young teenager. Um, you know, he is a very mature individual in terms of his hockey maturity. Um, this physical strength is there. So, you know, he didn't have to, those are those, some of those bridges that some of those players have to cross, you know, it's a little bit easier for him because he's got the size factor. Um, but playing at that pace and understanding how to play professionally in North America is such a different thing. Um, you know, I've seen him in these types of events. Um, you know, when he got hurt in the canceled world juniors, um, I was, you know, I, I felt awful because I was like, here's this player that I thought was going to be a huge part of this team. And then, you know, obviously he was able to go back in the, in the summer and, 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 you know, be part of the, the rescheduled team, which was great. Uh, but I still think that we were still seeing Juracek recovering. You know, like I think he was still in the recovery phase. He was playing again, but he was still more kind of in that, you know, I got to get back. Um, and then I think this season he's fully healthy and he's fully ready. And so I think, you know, he could play 27, 28, 29, 30 minutes a game here for Czechia. Um, and that's a reason why I think that they can, you know, have a chance because they're going to have probably one of him or Svozel or Thomas Hamara on the ice at any one time. And that gives them a really good chance to, to, to be, you know, a top and, and David Spachek as well. They, they tend to be a really good team um, with, with, uh, with that defense score. I mean, the blue line, the blue line to me is, is going to be the strength of this team 
Um, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see how they work in toward, you know, especially with Juracek being the number one guy, you know, he, he has a chance to be, you know, one of the top defensemen in this tournament, I think. And, and, and that's saying a lot because there are a lot of really good, you got Luke Hughes for team USA. You've got, you know, Canada's entire blue line, practically, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of top level players that are going to be in this tournament. And I just think that David Yurich, I have so much faith in him to be, you know, a leading player um, for this team. You know, even in his cup of coffee, cup of coffee, excuse me, in the National Hockey League, uh, we saw him willing to jump up into the play. And the more he played, the more comfortable he got. And I think that was really kind of the narrative surrounding David Juracek, even in the preseason when he played, you know, the first game, it was like, all right, he's, he's kind of getting into the swing of things here in North America. Then the next game, it was a little bit better. And that continued to progress when we saw him in the, uh, the NHL regular season this year as well. And I asked you about a couple of different guys earlier. Do you see a pro comparable for David Juracek? Because he is, he's pretty unique, right? He's a bit of a unicorn where he's that right shot, very athletic can skate, can defend and he's got a booming slap shot too so i mean i think uh obviously his his ceiling is very high but is there anybody that he reminds you of yeah he's he's interesting because i you know i think yeah you've got he's got the size the athleticism i think what you know when you when you talk about that and the different and his ability to defend too like i always thought like yes he he he's a good defenseman he, he defends well he protects well he's got physical elements in his game um, you know, so I, I think I think the guy that he actually kind of reminds me of is like a bigger right shot Ryan McDonough, um, where he's got kind of that phys- like you he, he, I you don't worry about him defensively. He can contribute offensively. He's got the big shot. You know, I think McDonough at his peak was 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 a was a better offensive performer. You know, like forty point a year defenseman kind of thing. Your check could even go beyond that. I think uh, as time progresses, as he continues, says, I mean. I, I don't know if I would have projected that comfortably, um, but seeing him in the in making the transition to the AHL now, you're saying, oh, maybe maybe there's there's something there. He could be a 50 point defenseman. Um, so you know, I think that that's kind of the style that he plays, um, and and then these the skating ability and yeah, I mean, I I didn't mention it before, but I'm glad you did about just this. His shot was one of those things that just is is such a weapon. Um, especially at this level. And, and I think we'll see him, you know, probably on the top power play unit for Czechia. And they're going to want to get him the puck as much as possible to feed that one timer. Yeah. The Blue Jackets used him in uh, kind of the Patrick Line spot in Traverse City where he wasn't running the point or running the power play. He was, he was the guy yep. that they wanted taking the shot, which was pretty cool to see. They had Matejuk up top with uh, Juracek in that Patrick Line spot. Tell me about uh, some of the draft eligible players, because there's some special talent, obviously, you know, those guys that are thought of as kind of the top two right now and Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli, both on team Canada. And then you've got a guy who's uh, a fast riser right now. And Leo Carlson is, and as it stands, the blue jackets have a top three pick in the NHL draft. If you were to draft right now in the NHL season. And those are kind of the top three guys on a lot of people's boards right now. I know Matt Vemichkov is in there as well um, from Russia, but everybody's talked about Connor Bedard for the longest time, but can you just tell me and tell our listeners what makes this guy so special? I, I mean, yeah, you, you know, you can look at him for one game and just see, you know, as soon as he takes one shot, you just say, Oh my God, I've never seen anything like, you know, he's, he's, 
every time he shoots, it looks like it has a chance to go in. There are so few players where it just feels like they are going to score every single game. Um, and that's kind of what it is. And I, I think with Connor, he's got tremendous puck skills. He's not a big guy. He's not, he's not an elite skater. He's a good enough skater, but he's, he's, he's got the skill and the hockey intelligence to just always be on the attack. And he'll probably be uh, a top line winger uh, at this tournament. Um, we'll have to see if his long-term projection in the NHL is center uh, because he does have that tremendous goal scoring tool and he doesn't necessarily have the best size for a center. So there are some people that think, Hey, maybe he's a wing and he'll play wing at this event. So you'll get a chance to see that. But um, you know, I, I think his, his just, his ability to rise to every occasion too is, is just something that I think is a special factor in his game. So he is absolutely special. You know, I think he's, he's pulled away as the number one, the clear number one guy. I know that he's, he's got Adam Fantilli hot on his heels and now they'll be on the same team together. uh, You know, trying to compete towards the same goal while also trying to, you know, one up each other. They won't, they won't try actively try to one up each other, but we'll be looking at it that way. Um, and, and so, but, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Fantilli is one of the finest young goal scorers I've ever had the chance to see live. Um, you know, thinking back to Austin Matthews and, um, uh, you know, even Patrick Line as well. I mean, Line and Matthews in the same draft was, just remarkable. We had two guys that that scored goals in 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 a lot of similar ways, um, and were were elite level goal scorers. You know, I think that um, Bedard is even ahead of of kind of where those guys were at the same age in terms of his pure goal scoring ability. But he's he's the main he's the main guy that everybody's been watching. But I, I do think that Adam Fantilli has a real opportunity here to showcase himself. He's also a center that will be playing the wing for Canada. Um, in this tournament, he's got size, he's got skill, he's got speed, he's got all the tools that every team looks for in a power forward type player. Um, I think he is a a, a center. I think he'll be a, a number one center in the league, and I think that that's you know another reason why there's at least some debate about who should be number one overall. Um, but the size, the strength, the skating are are such that you know he's advanced for his age. He's an, a late birth date too, so you know Bedard is quite a bit younger. Um, than Fantilli, but that you know that's that's neither here nor there because when you see Adam Fantilli play, you understand immediately why he's so highly regarded. Just because he's got these tremendous puck skills and this big frame, uh, and he's hard to knock off the puck, and then he's also fast. So you're just like, hey, he's got he's got pretty much all of it, everything that you're looking for. Um, and then I'll just quickly touch on Leo Carlson too. I think he's going to play a huge role for for uh, Sweden. Their forward group is very big, uh, very good. Uh, but I think that they need him in particular to be a big part of it. He's a big forward. He's about, you know, he's, he's heavy. He's hard to move off the puck. He skates well. You know, he's had a really tremendous season at the professional ranks in Sweden. So this is a great year, a great year to have a top four pick. If you want to have a top, if you, you have a chance to get, you know, a franchise building block type player. Um, and, you know, I think you know, as I've looked at the Blue Jackets too, and in the position they're in, if you don't get Bedard, you get a great, you you still have a couple of really good cracks. I almost think that Fantilli might be the best fit stylistically for the team in general. But at the same time, you know, you're, you're going to be so excited to have any one of the top four players in this draft this year. As far as it goes with Fantilli, any pro comparables for this guy? Because he's a big bodied power forward, but he plays center, like you said, as well. Can you think of anybody off the top of your head? And I only ask because I want to give Blue Jackets fans an idea here. Yeah. <laughs> 
he get he I'll I'll be on he gives me some Rick Nash vibes. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, like just you know, because you think about when Rick was just when he would lower the shoulder and it was just like forget it, you're you're not going to get the puck from him, and he's going inside, and he's. I I think as Fantilli develops his interior game more, I think that might be a little bit more apt of a, a comparison. But I just think that you know he's he's got kind of all those tools that that we saw from from Rick Nash as well. So if Rick Nash is throwing out comps of of Seth Jones, I'm going to throw out a Rick Nash comp for for uh, for for Fantilli. All right. Fair enough. Do you think there's any chance that he catches Bedard and goes number one overall? Because I mean, last year, for example, Shane Wright is not the the same caliber of prospect, I suppose, as Connor Bedard, but he was still granted exceptional status. And for the longest time, everybody said Shane Wright will be the number one overall pick in the 2022 NHL entry draft. And it ended up that a late riser and a late bloomer in your eyes, Slavkovsky was able to usurp him and go number one overall. Is there any chance that that happens to Connor Bedard or is he just such, such a highly touted prospect and maybe the best we've seen since Connor McDavid that, that he has to go number one overall. You know, it's tough to say because I think that there's, there's a very valid argument for Adam Fantilli um, in particular, you know, as a, as a guy that more comfortably projects as a center, as a guy that's bigger and stronger and as a guy that's, you know, to this point, had one of the best productive seasons by a draft eligible forward um, in the draft since since Jack Eichel. Um, you know, so I mean, he's he's having an exceptional season. Um, I think you know, if, if it were me picking, it would still be Bedard. But I think that there's at least an argument to be made that Fantilli could go. It all depends on how the draft lottery shakes out, too. I think most teams would feel like we have a chance for a generational goal scorer. Let's get Connor Bedard. Um, but if there's a team that has a severe need at center and they're less convinced that Bedard is a long-term center and that they feel like they have a number one center option in Adam Fantilli, then that's when the change happens. I, I agree that, you know, Bedard is at a different level than Shane Wright was last year. Um, you know, Shane Wright also, you know, he had a lost year of development. Um, that wasn't the case for Connor Bedard. He ended up going to Sweden for a little bit and then he went to the WHL for a shortened season. Then he played in that under 18 world championship where he was so good. Um, so, you know, I think that that's the other thing is, is he's had a little bit more timeline uh, to get himself up to speed for the NHL draft. So I, I think it'll be hard for Fantilli to, to catch Bedard because I think they're, Bedard does the one thing that's so hard to do in the NHL, which is score goals. And, and I think that he will score a lot at the NHL level. Um, but yeah, but I mean, that's the thing there is, there's at least going to be debates when they, when, when the draft lottery is finalized, you know, I don't think that the team that gets that number one pick is going to say it's absolutely Bedard right away. They're going to at least have that conversation, which says, which takes nothing away from Connor Bedard. Just says that's how good the top four of this class is. Are there any other draft eligible players that we need to be aware of in this World Junior? Well, yeah, there there should be a few. Um, you know, you're going to have uh, uh, Dalibor Dvorsky on Slovakia. You know, potential top fifteen ish pick. Um, he's had a good season. He's playing the Allsvenskan in Sweden. Um, he's been uh, a scorer. He's played at this event before. Um, you know, I'm trying to think there's, there are definitely, uh, some other, like USA, unfortunately they just lost Will Smith from their camp. He got sick. He's, he's a top 10 pick for me. Um, you know, he's not going to be able to play, but they do have Ryan Leonard on their roster and they have Charlie Stramel. Um, the, they have not finalized the roster. So both of those guys still have the potential to be cut, but Charlie Stramel is the big power center, um, six foot three. Uh, physical plays at the University of Wisconsin with Corson Kuhlman's, um really interesting player. And then Ryan Leonard's a, a goal scoring winger, kind of uh, uh, has that physicality as well. So 
those are some other guys to keep an eye on. Um, I know I'm probably forgetting a couple guys off the top of my head, but the guys that we mentioned, the guys that that I just talked about, you know, it's it's going to be a great year if you're interested in the NHL draft. A very good year to be watching some of the the clear first round candidates um, in this draft will be at this tournament. All right, does Canada win it again? We saw Blue Jacket and Kent Johnson score the golden goal last year in the the second coming of the uh, 2022 World Junior Tournament. But what's your prediction for this year? Yeah, you know, there's no doubt that Canada is the best team on paper. Um, you know, they have they have all the tools to 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 make another run here. But you know, they don't hand out trophies for being the best team that that they send to the tournament. Um, that's just the way it goes. So, you know, I think that there's going to be legit challengers from the U.S., from Sweden, from Finland. Um, I do think that Canada, you know, they'd be my pick as of right now. We haven't seen the final rosters for some of the other teams. But at Canada, we have seen their final roster. It's a really good roster. I think they, you know, they're big, they're fast, they're skilled. They have a little bit of everything. I think they're well-balanced as well. Um, uh, The one thing they don't have and the one thing that a lot of teams don't have this year is goaltending. So that evens the playing field a little bit. But I do think that Canada, you know, they, they got home ice advantage. They've got, you know, a, a, an older, experienced team. You know, I think as as of right now, it's very, very difficult to pick against them. I'm sure they'll be the heavy, heavy favorites uh, uh, when when the tournament begins. All right, Chris. Well, thanks very much. I appreciate the time. This was very educational. I always love learning about these guys. So thanks again. Hey, my pleasure. Always great to be with you and uh, talking to the Blue Jackets fans. Appreciate it. Again, that's Chris Peters of Flow Hockey. Really appreciate Chris taking the time to chat with me. And you see what I mean. That was a great conversation. This guy knows his stuff. And I feel better about this tournament and my knowledge surrounding some of these players in this tournament having talked to Chris. And I hope you feel the exact same way. I'm ready to go. Again, it's December 26th. Tournament begins. Team Czechia, fully loaded with Blue Jackets prospects, is actually going to open things up against Team Canada in the very first game. So all eyes will be on that one. And we're hoping that Team Czechia is able to come away with their first medal in this tournament since 2005. That's who I'm rooting for. And I want to see these Blue Jackets prospects have a lot of success. So again, huge thanks to Chris Peters for joining us this week on the Pipeline Podcast. And as always, Thank you for being with me. I will talk to you very soon.